when that all unfolded, there was a lot of self-reflection of, man, you're such a fool. You're such an idiot. How could have you? How dare you? Man, you're dumb. So just think about it for a second. Out of fear and scare for my people that I brought to the deal. But the, here's the thing. I go back and I look at, were there any red flags that popped up that I should have said, wait a minute, that doesn't sound right, or that's not accurate, or did I dismiss it? When I self-reflect, I did. There were things that popped up that I just let slide by and I should have never let them slide by. As an operator, I know other investors are romanticizing multifamily investing, and I'm looking to learn from other investors' mistakes. I know you are too, and you found the right place. Welcome to Myers Methods Presents Multifamily Missteps. everybody and welcome to multifamily missteps i'm your host jerome and i got my buddy in from down down south down in texas aaron hudson aaron how are you so good thank you so much thanks for having me jerome man this looks like you're live from the quattro offices man that's a beautiful <laughs> place you guys got there what's going on <laughs> so i i'm so grateful that you've helped us at least two times with the mid-atlantic multifamily investing conference and so i was thinking i was like i gotta figure out how i'm gonna get erin on the podcast and so i reached out and she said yeah of course with all the energy that she comes with so for those who haven't have been silly and not come to the conference to hear you give the sunday sermon let's tell the listeners a little bit about you and who you are and what you've been up to fantastic yeah so my name is erin hudson Jerome, it's such a pleasure to be on here with you today. You know what? You are such just a kind soul and I love you. I love what you stand for, what you're all about. So it's an absolute pleasure to be here for sure. Yeah. So Aaron Hudson, mom of five kids. I actually came from being in private practice and in 2015, I got started in the single family space and within two years acquired 26 rental properties which is so fun because I really wanted to know what that mailbox money was all about that everybody kept talking about where I lived. So got a little taste of that. Furthermore, went on to help others acquire real estate uh, investment properties for themselves to the tune of doing a little over 230 buy and sell transactions. And the crazy part is, I'm embarrassed to say, I didn't even have a website. But the reason I share that is because just like the multifamily space, it's really about doing right for people and not being manipulative and truly helping them as if they were your brother or sister. And so that was the secret recipe that then further launched me into finding about finding out about this multifamily space. And in doing so, it's a perfect analogy of the game of Monopoly. I know many of you probably played the game of Monopoly and it was really me playing that game and continuing to land on Vermont every single time, i.e. my single family properties, and all of a sudden finding out that I totally had every opportunity and was 100% worthy to land on boardwalk. And in doing so, I jumped right into the multifamily space. I wasted no time and there you have it. And the rest is history. Wow. And so with all of those deals, right? Because you've bought quite a few deals in multifamily this year. And I think you bought some last year too, because you guys were getting hot and heavy. And I, I, I don't usually beat on door count a lot, but you're, you're doing 
big transactions from from where I sit, right? And so when we go across all those, every deal went exactly as you planned, right? All your partners were perfect and <laughs> you made money hand over fist. I love you. They can't all be perfect. I will say that. But I also will add one more thing. I love that you said it's not about the deal count or the number of units that you have. I can very much agree with Mr. Jerome there. But what I will tell you is when we got started, we started with the smaller, with Quattro, I will say. We started with, call it 35 units. Why? Because we were truly nobody at the time, right? So who's going to listen to this team over here that's new, that wants 100 plus doors when we're fighting against other institutions that were wanting that the bigger 100 plus doors? And so we got a little strategic and we started to acquire these 35 units. And every time we would get a 35 unit, we would reach out to the broker and we would ask them, hey, look, we actually just bought this 35 unit. Have you got anything today or on the horizon? Because we need to get to 100 doors ASAP. And we have to get creative here because there's a lot of competition for the 100 plus. And so people laugh like, oh my gosh, why did you start so small? No, it was a matter of getting strategic and it worked for us. So you're right. It's not about the how many doors do you have? But let me tell you something, friend. Just as hard as it is to close a 35 doors, what if I told you it's the same amount of energy and effort to close 150 doors, right? So let me tell you, the, you're always looking for the, the goodness out of what you've done. Let's just say our team is really good at taking deals across the finish line. The start to finish process, I think we've got it mastered now with 17 plus apartments closed on in the last two years. So, Wow. That's traction, right? You, you guys are moving along. And I, I always tell people, like, you don't have to get Moby Dick the first time that you go fishing. Like, you can go get some tuna and then maybe a few shark and swordfish and so on, right? And it establishes you as somebody who can get across the finish line. It allows you to build partnerships for people who are bringing capital to the deal. And it gives you some confidence in your ability to actually operate an apartment building because as easy as some people think it is, you don't just throw the keys to the property manager and walk away. And so I, I love your strategy and I love the approach and part of the reason why you guys come and share with our audience at the conference. So, all right, this is multifamily missteps, right? There has to be at least one story that you can share with our listeners so that they don't have to worry about making a mistake or a misstep that on their journey in the process. <clears throat> yes, absolutely. So first, I'm going to give an analogy because I feel like this is really, really good. I'm going to give you some detail, a little juicy on my misstep. And listen, I don't like to air my dirty laundry, but here's the thing. I want you to be better and I don't want you to have the misstep that I had. So I'm going to share it with you. But I'm also going to tell you, many of you are aware of and have had a cut before on your arm, right? And I like to use this analogy because it's so fitting for where I'm at with what I'm about to share with you. So most people have this little, you know, they get cut and they have this little war wound on their arm. And if you were to put some salt on it, oh, it would really hurt, right? So I'm kind of still in that phase with this one. And I can hardly wait for the day that this puppy closes up. And if you put some salt on it, I'm just going to be like, I'm good, right? I'm not there yet, but I'm going to share with you just so you don't find yourself in the place and space that I was. So when I first got started, I was at it for a year and a half trying to wear all those different hats, y'all. The Finding the broker relationships, finding the money, finding the deal. How many of you can relate? 
I'm sure many, right? So with that being said, I had poured in, had education that I paid a lot of money for. And at the monthly education events they were putting on, I kept seeing the same people that were there that were part of the program. And just because I do good sound business doesn't mean everybody else does, right? Furthermore, I ended up linking up with these individuals and it was a husband and a wife and it was great. Everything was good. But let me tell you something. I haphazardly created this LLC, linked arms. We ended up getting this property and took it down. And I kid you not, within three days of close, all of a sudden money went missing out of the bank account, the property bank account, which is more problematic. Let me just tell you, I literally felt like I couldn't breathe when all of a sudden here I am looking at the bank account and I see the money gone. And the first thing that came to mind was, holy smokes, my investors. Why? Because I was the one that brought all those people that I talked about from the single family space that I had helped get properties for. I had now brought them in to be a part of this purchase. And I had brought in no light amount. I mean, we're talking $2 million that had been brought to be a part. And really the net of it was that the individual felt entitled and he felt because he found the property that he was due a commission. Not sure. The contract said zero commission for the buying agent. But with that being said, that is really what had happened. And from there, we ended up having to hire attorneys and remove them from the team and so on and so forth. So why am I sharing this with you? Because I don't want you to do what I did. And when I look back at this, it was done in an ass backwards fashion. So I'm going to pause for a second. I'm going to let Jerome chime in and then we'll go from there. (laughs) I'm trying to get my breath because that is terrifying, right? Your name, your credibility is on the line right now. Like the money's gone and you know that maybe there's one or two other people who could have actually tucked the money, right? Unless somebody hacked into the account, but that didn't happen. Like your partner went in and helped himself to something that wasn't theirs. And I, I, I always... When people tell me, hey, I'm going to partner with these people. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm like, ah, do you know them? <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you doing? And he's like, oh, we met at a conference. It's like, that's great. But do you know the person? Like, what are you doing when you're, 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 you're going to marry them? Like, you're financially tying yourself to these people when you, you do this thing. And you're putting your credibility on the line for them. So how, how do you handle communication when something like that happens? Because... If you hide it, it almost feels like you're in cahoots. And if you don't, then it's like people have a lot of questions and you don't have many answers right away. Yeah. You know what? That one thing we were fortunate about. And let me tell you why. Because it had happened right after the close. Do you remember that thing called an acquisition fee? Yeah. So check it out. That the acquisition fee had not been given out yet. So it didn't hurt my investors per se of the money that went missing. But what it hurt is it scared me of what is in store for us if we're already starting off on this path in this fashion. That's what was scary to me. And I didn't know where I was going to go, what I was going to do, how I was going to get help, right? So the fear of all of that was probably what had me, you know, had some sleepless nights after that happened, right? But we always find solutions because that's just who I am. We figure out a solution. So going back to that acquisition fee, 
um, the acquisition fee had not been given out. So of course, we just counted that against their acquisition fee. So it, it wasn't a hindrance to the per se, the investors. Wow. And so you said you hired attorneys. Did the LLC pay for the attorneys or did one of the partners? Yeah. So we also, that's been part of the acquisition fee from from there. So it didn't affect per se the other individuals, but also I had to come out personally with our own money for that as well. So it's just painful all around for sure. A lot of people want to be profitable multifamily operators, but lack the knowledge, deal flow, experience, and capital to be successful. They often try to overcome these challenges out of order, slowing or eliminating their ability to get their next deal done. We've developed a framework that allows them to gain the knowledge they need to find profitable deals. When they do, they create the time and location freedom, as well as the generational wealth they desire for their family. The Myers methods of multifamily investing have proved to be the fastest way to establish credibility and properly grow an apartment portfolio. If you want to know more about our four-step process, jump over to MyersMethods.com to get our free four-step guide to getting into multifamily investing. Let's get back to the episode. And so for the folks who may not understand, so acquisition fee is usually paid as a percentage of the purchase price or the appraisal price of the deal, depending on how it's structured. And so the people who find deals, put them together, usually stand to make a pretty sizable amount of money when they buy a large complex. The So Aaron went from getting ready to make some money because she's part of the GP team to writing a check to pay for an attorney to pursue somebody who stole money from the bank account. Am I getting that correct? You you absolutely are. But let me tell you something furthermore. As a matter of fact, this will let your listeners know the kind of person that I am. There was an acquisition fee of roughly, let's just call it over $250,000 that was set to go out. And because of what had transpired, I was not comfortable letting anyone have part of the acquisition fee at all. As a matter of fact, we held back the acquisition fee and we've never... It, it was never given out because you never know what the cost of everything else is going to be to get it untangled, right? So I could not, out of having a good conscience, take money when we were in the position we were in. I think that's so important for you guys to hear that. I hope you heard what I just said, that if you are in this space and place to grease your pocket or your palm, I'm sorry, to grease your palm, wrong for you. It will never be a success. But if you always have your eye on the prize, which is to take care of your people and water that relationship and do good by people and do right kind of business, you will have a trough of investors and you will forever have a successful business because people will know exactly who you are and what you stand for. Now, there have been people who've come on and talked about not being willing to do a capital call. So they've paid five-figure mortgages month after month until they got out of the dark period. There's been people who have said, you know, this thing happened. We didn't have money on capital reserves, so I took care of it. And now you're here saying somebody stole from our business and instead of getting paid, I'm leaving my fee in there so that our partners are whole. 100%, my friend. And... This is why I say that multifamily investing is not a poor man's game, right? Because most people can't afford to forego their acquisition fee if they're totally reliant on deals to earn their income. And I I just think it's a terrifying place to be. When I realized I was in that spot, I had to pivot on my business because I saw 
the opportunity for my vision or the way that I evaluate a deal to be clouded because I needed to get to the next fee. Sure. And I'm watching people buy deals that don't make sense. Sure. Because they need to get to the next acquisition fee. And so for all of the listeners that are out there and they're like, oh man, well, how do I make sure that we're buying good deals and not deals to help somebody get to their next fee? Do you have any guidance for them? Because I'm sure they'd love to hear from you on that. Oh, man. I'd love to pour into your people. So yes, Jerome is on point times a hundred. You you hear a lot of people say, gosh, there's not any deals out there. Well, first of all, that's a myth. That's not true. It all goes back to relationships. Who do you know? It's not how many people you know. It's who do you know? And furthermore, with that being said about these numbers and them being fudged and all of a sudden, here's a here's a deal, but all of a sudden they have their reno. It's all going to get done on their 110 units and it's all going to be done in the first year. That's a red flag, my friend. Number two is if you have a $150 rent bump and you think you can get that $150 rent bump all in one year, that's a myth, my friend. And so you want to make sure that when you are looking at someone's underwriting, that they are not over-promising and under-delivering because we see it all day long. And so here's the thing. It makes me so sad when I see deals underwritten like that and shared with other people. Why? Because not everybody is equipped and has the understanding of how best it's supposed to be done to be conservative and to protect your investor. And so it's almost like they're preying off the young to see if they can get the funds. But what it's doing to them is unfortunately, it's totally hurting them for life. And here's why. Because all of a sudden, if you can't, if you have failure to perform, your name is out there that you have failure to perform. So do you think the likelihood of somebody wanting to come do more business with you for a quick gain to kill you for the future is not worth it. So be conservative, underwrite, underpromise, and over-deliver. And as I just said a moment ago, you will have a trough of investors because if you hit your metric every time, they're going to want to put their money back in there with you. And it's a cycle. Every deal that they're in, you sell it, they're going to want to go put the money back in the next deal. How do we know this? Because we've walked it out. We've got a 37% reinvestment rate with our investors. That tells you that what we say we're going to do, we do, and we underpromise and we overdeliver, which is going to benefit us for the long haul. Love it. So one of the questions I like to ask, Aaron, when people come in and give me the the open wound, kind of open, kind of held, is what's the process change that you made in order to make sure that you don't end up in that situation again? And so is there one that you've made? Let me tell you something. There's so much that could come from that question that you just had. I'm going to be more real with you guys. When that all unfolded, there was a lot of self-reflection of, man, you're such a fool. You're such an idiot. How could have you? How dare you? Man, you're dumb. So just think about it for a second. Out of fear and scare for my people that I brought to the deal. But the, here's the thing. I go back and I look at, were there any red flags that popped up that I should have said, wait a minute, that doesn't sound right. Or that's not accurate. Or did I dismiss it? When I self-reflect, I did. There were things that popped up that I just let slide by and I should have never let them slide by. So what I hope you hope for you to gather from that is that if you have 
a bad feel about it, don't try and push through like I did. Follow your gut because almost every time your gut is right. So I would say that. So what did I do after the fact of the matter? I will tell you this much. I am all about background checks, especially if you're going to form a partnership and you want to go do big things with them. I absolutely would do background checks. Furthermore, this one, I absolutely love you guys. Go to dinner with the people that you're thinking about working with. Why? Why would you go to dinner? Well, here's the deal. I like to see how people treat other people because if they're with me, they're on an interviewing process. But if we watch how they are with waiters, do they ask them their name and say, thank you, Sarah, for the water? Man, that food was lovely. I want to be flanked with people that honor and respect and have a love for people. Because guess what? How they do one thing is how they do everything. And then furthermore, your, your tribe is your vibe. So what kind of vibe do you have with your team? So with that being said, I'll say one more thing, and then I'll do a little pause for our dear friend Jerome to chime in here. But I will tell you when I did the, after that whole thing happened, thank goodness that through trial, the Lord gives blessing and it's always around the corner if you look for it. But I will tell you the next deal that I did, I was not so quick to get in a partnership. As a matter of fact, I said, let's take down this deal together with our own little entities and let's see how we do. Well, let me just share with you. It was not until five property purchases that Quattro Capital came together and was formed. Why? Because we wanted to try out each other for size and make sure that there was alignment with our team. And believe it or not, as I shared this morning on a post, we or Quattro Capital, are, we're so blessed because we are all so much like-minded. We all have a different craft, but there's so much synergy and so much strategy behind our team. And so let me just say this much. Yes, it was crap what happened. But when you come from a place of so much hurt, so much hardship, when you find the gold, i.e. Quattro, it makes you so much more grateful for what you went through to where you are. So I just feel completely blessed and I would have had nothing to compare it to. So it's not going to help for me to go back on the crap that happened. I'm not staying stuck there. I choose to progress and be grateful for now I get a feel of how good it really, really is working with an incredible team. Wow. So basically, if there is no rain, you can't appreciate the sunshine, huh? Yes, my friend. That's exactly it. Wow. Aaron, this has been a wild ride. I I don't even know where else to go other than to ask you to close us out with some words of wisdom for the listeners. Yes. Well, those that know me, I'm all about self-empowerment and truly just turning your power on every morning. And so I'm just going to say it as it is. And for those of you that have already heard this before, take it as a reminder. And maybe it's just a message for you to put it into play. But it really goes back to your morning routine and really just staying super, super consistent with what your morning routine looks like, because truthfully, it totally directs the trajectory of the rest of the day. So what does my morning look like? I'm all about self-care. So I make sure that I get to the gym, do my hour of workout to get my energy up because I have five beautiful children that I want to lead by example, not just a puppet talk. Furthermore, I get open up my book every morning and I write down my thankfuls. I write down five thankfuls and it could be super simple. It could be that my husband made the bed this morning. It could be grateful for opportunity, whatever it is. There's no wrong or right, but a grateful heart produces more of what it is that you want. So I'm super intentional with that. And then my kids will hear me at times in my office. And I talk about my, I, I talk about my, I am, I am strategic. 
I am powerful. I am magnetic. I attract the masses. I'm brilliant. I'm unstoppable. You get the gist. Cheer yourself on because there's probably nobody else that will do it better than you. So that's what I have for you, Jerome. Wow. She spent it on you guys and made it such that you have homework. If you don't have your (laughs) affirmations, your journal, or your workout working, then you're falling down on your morning routine, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it here on the Multifamily Investing Podcast. It all comes together, man. This this was awesome. Erin, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. You're so welcome. It was such a pleasure as always, my friend. Awesome. And to the listeners, the pack's with you. We'll talk soon. You made it to this juncture, so you really love what we shared on this episode of Myers Methods Presents Multifamily Missteps. Do us a favor. Give us a five-star rating. Give us a review and share this with somebody who's interested in multifamily investing. Until the next time, the pack is with you.